motorcycles or a motorcycle no me neither why do you ask mr flood well i've been on the internet a lot looking at motorcycles Mm. not like a street bike or something real powerful just little trail bikes in fact years and years ago we had two yamaha tw200s kind of a classic trail bike and uh we kept them at my dad's, and then all of the siblings kind of shared them. And one day I went to take a ride on, on one, and they were gone. And I said, oh, where's the bikes at? And my dad said, oh, I sold them. Hmm. What? 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 I, I was going to ride that I bike. I would have bought it from you. <laughs> <laughs> but nowadays, uh, they're hard to get. In fact, I went on to the local communist classifieds. Okay. KSL. Which you don't advertise for. There's a few on there, and they want more than retail for ones that are like 10, 12, 13 years old. You can buy them new? Or they don't make them anymore? Oh, no, they still make them. What are they called again? Yamaha? Yamaha TW200. It's a real classic trail bike, real easy to ride. It's a short bike. Mm -hmm. Has a big fat rear tire. Mm Okay, I'm looking at pictures of them. They don't go very fast. What did you call that when you were gonna you were gonna do the AMR, ASMR, ASMR? Yeah, you want to do this? Well, All you right. just did kind of a gulp of the yeah yeah Dr Pepper. Here we go. <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> defines ASMR as. Uh, Autonomous sensory meridian response. What is that? I think it just means it's a why, fetish. Why is that on your mind? It's a fetish <laughs> okay. for, for listening to people eat and do things with their mouth and sound. And there's whole. Did it ever bother you, like in sacrament meeting, when somebody ha- would like pause and yeah, make the yeah, yeah. the mouth smack? I don't know what there's we call a that. there's a whole there's a whole chapter or channel on twitch which is a game streaming platform that's just asmr and just people whispering a lot and and it's just i don't know i don't know who listens to that if you're one of those people please chime in and let us know why 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 you have this mental deficiency <laughs> yeah we do ask people who have mental deficiencies to chime in <laughs> We did get some. We did get some podcast uh, uh, friends commenting. Um, kind of. You kind of joking, or we kind of got some comments. No, we did get some comments. We haven't heard from Robert Moser in a long time. Thanks for chiming in. He wants us to talk about the Constitution. No, I hate to say this, Brother Moser, but nobody cares about the Constitution. <laughs> No, I yeah. do, but uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. In in politics, it seems like it's just a, a worthless piece of paper to those guys. I think the I think the uh, 
the Southern Poverty Law Center is, has determined that the Constitution is hate speech. A hate document, yeah. Yeah, I think. I'd have to double-check my facts there, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I've, uh, I've referred people to Stephen Pratt's um, Know Your Liberty series, which is really good on understanding the founding documents, <coughs> the, the uh, origins of the American political system. and There's a lot of good uh, YouTubers out there, like Second Amendment guys, First Amendment guys. Well, maybe we ought to talk about it at some point in more detail, but uh, the point is that we don't... We don't understand the original intent, you know. There, we've allowed our, our ancestors allowed evil people to talk the public via the public schools into the idea, for example, that the idea that the Constitution is a contract is called the compact theory. Mm-hmm. They call it a theory that it, that the founders. It's a theory that the founders were creating a contract rather than a some sort of a loose living document. And um, mm-hmm. Stephen Pratt would always pull up a contract and show you that, it, that contracts have preambles, just like the Constitution. They have titles, right? Mm-hmm. And then they have the details of the contract, and then they have the signers at the end. <laughs> and he would be like, see, it's a contract. And he pulls up a rental contract, and he's like, look at this rental contract. It's the exact same thing. Right. And he would say the con, the constitution constitutes the compact it is the constitution of the compact or the contract between the states and then he would pull up the the section in a rental agreement that says no pets and he would say well what does that mean 10 years later no pets means no pets so well when, unless when, unless <laughs> unless you have a unless support you have animal, a pet <laughs> unless you have a pet yeah yeah. So anyway, I, I'll put a link to that, but maybe maybe we ought to talk about some of that stuff at some point. Um, TBM chimed in. Edwin, of course, uh, his favorite movie is The Big Lebowski. I think. Yeah, and, and I, I want to had a real problem with last week's episode because we didn't talk about The Big Lebowski first. We talked about True Grit and went and had to read down the list before yeah. we realized that was a Coen Brothers movie. Although you already knew that. Well, keep in mind, uh, Edwin, we we just flying off the seat of our pants. We didn't know we were going to talk about Coen Brothers movies. And you're right, The Big Lebowski is probably in the top three four or five Coen Brothers films, if you were to rank them. And yeah, we, we didn't get around to talking about it quick, quickly enough. I, I, I concede t- the point. I, I, I don't think we could talk about Big Lebowski and still have a family uh, podcast here. One of the greatest scenes in maybe movie history, but definitely the greatest scenes in that movie is when, uh, spoilers, <laughs> when... Uh, is it is it uh, Steve Buscemi plays a character named Donnie, I think, and he dies <laughs> in crazy fashion, and they go to spread his ashes, and mm-hmm. they throw his ashes into the wind, and they blow back right in their faces, <laughs> and they're like, Donnie, they're spitting him out, and it's just, it's just so good. It's just typical for the whole thing. That whole movie is, you know, all all. All, uh, all the dude wanted was a rug. He just wanted a new rug. Mm-hmm. Could have all been avoided if the guys who ruined his rug could have just got him a new rug. Right. Yeah, that movie is... 
it's it's um i think he wants to watch it again sometime with us you know maybe we could have a listener movie party a a movie party we did meet a few listeners a few weeks ago yeah that was good including edwin uh i play the radio chimes in about the royal tenenbaums have you tenenbaums what's this i haven't seen that one is that a, is something that about golf? Is that the Coens as well? I think it is. Didn't we say it is? It's that, that's one with a big ensemble cast, if I remember right. But I don't think I've seen it. Oh, uh, let's see. Gene Hackman, Gwyneth Paltrow, two thousand one. It is not a Coen Brothers okay. movie. Well, then why do we care? I yeah. I play <laughs> just, the radio. Just man. kidding. What's, kidding. Oh, Ben Stiller's in it. Yeah, I think it had a big uh, cast. Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Danny Glover, Alec Baldwin. Well, anyway, you're going to have to explain that one about, he says, it's not about golf. You're thinking of Bill Murray in Royal Tenenbaums. Well, anyway, I've been looking for a Yamaha TW200 and... Uh, the KSL communist classifieds have people on there selling them for thousand, hundreds and even thousands over retail mm. on, on ones that have like eight or 10,000 miles on them because they're hard to get. Retail, you can buy one new today if there was one in stock for 5,000 bucks, mm. which isn't a terrible price for a motorcycle. You can certainly find cheaper ones. But, uh, you could certainly, if you can get one new. You can find mountain bikes. That cost $10,000, so. So I had a friend telling me that he bought like a, an electric motorbike. Yeah. And that it w- if you clipped one of the wires on it, which apparently must be the governor wire, oh, you, you could get it to go like 58 miles an hour or something. And the battery lasts eight seconds when you do that? I don't know. I've ridden one of those. In fact, uh, we have a little one. In, in kind of like the old TW200s, we've got some that we sort of share, and mm-hmm. they're fun to ride. They just the batteries just don't last a long time, and and you know it's crazy if you look at these e motorcycles or uh, even e cars like a Tesla, or, they're just so expensive. Yeah, and if you have a TW200 or a little bike like that, doesn't the gas tank go? Get you about sixty miles or something. Yeah, like the the, the TW two hundred because I, I know this because I've been reading up on them. Mm-hmm. Claims seventy eight miles per gallon, and it's like it's almost a two gallon tank. So you're looking at one hundred and twenty miles. Per, Talking like per a couple tank. hours of riding. Yeah. How many hours of riding do you get on um, uh, any bike? Like an e motorcycle. An e motorcycle. Uh, maybe an hour. But no, I mean, you, you could go a lot more than a couple hours on a t- tank of gas for the TW200, depending on the kind of riding you're doing. And, and the type I would be doing, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't necessarily, well, I would go out and just cruise like the desert dirt roads. But the, reason I'm look, the main reason I'm looking for it is for some quick access to some backcountry areas where trucks and side-by-sides and four-wheelers are too big. And you, you just, want to like carry a carry a rifle on the back of that TW200? Uh, I've seen people do that. I'd probably carry mine on my back, but... Oh, I guess that's what I meant. You're going hunting is what I'm saying. Yeah, hunting and scouting and also just for fun riding. And like I said, we, we owned some maybe 10 years ago and they were, they were fun to ride. I'm not a motorcycle guy. I'd never really ridden one, but that one was... It's just an easy bike to ride. And 
So you can go a long, long way. The e-bikes are cool. Um, they don't make any noise, and they're real torquey, but they're, they just don't go over it long enough. There are tons of kids riding them around our neighborhood. I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah. They're going 50 miles an hour down the uh, non-motorized paved walking and cycling trail. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen them often. For a while there, because I like am a cyclist, I would get a little bit... Yeah, I'd shake my fist at him, but now mm-hmm. it's like, whatever, just don't kill anybody. Well, that's the main thing I want to stop him to talk about is like, hey, you know, you're going to run somebody over here. Right. This, the, that trail is full of kids and pets and cyclists and stroller pushers, and mm-hmm. they shouldn't be there. I mean, they're going way too fast. Plus, you know, they're well, riding the, them on the roads too. They're going way too fast and they're right. not registered right. as motor vehicles. And so they should be. Well, Tech, no, I mean, there ought to be a law. There is. I mean, they, they, there's <laughs> there different, is a law. <laughs> there's different classifications of e-bikes because I used to sell e e-bikes at a bicycle store. The ones we sold were classified as bicycles. Mm. It has to do with the speed, right? The max speed and also the mode of propulsion. Like the the oh, ones okay. we sold had were pedal assist. You still had to pedal them oh, okay. to go, and then you could engage the assist, and you would the pedals would. Spin themselves? Well, not spin themselves, but the bike would be propelled. Like there would be p- assistance with uh-huh. the turning of the cranks. The motor is down in the bottom on most of these. Now, some of mm-hmm. them you can get with that have throttles. And so you don't, they're pedal assist and throttle. So you push the throttle and you zip forward and you don't have to pedal at all. And those are classified a little differently. And I think there's five classifications of E vehicle. Hmm. And now that we've bored everybody with the classification, make sure to study for the quiz. There will be a quiz on the <laughs> classifications of e-bikes next Tuesday. Well, the whole point of this show is just to talk about what's on our minds. And so since we don't want to talk about ASMR, <laughs> uh, you'd rather not hear Bobby chewing on chips and... <laughs> yeah, I have to say those, you know, when they do the Coke commercials at the start of the movies, or I don't know if they do those anymore, that's pretty effective how they yeah pour it and you hear yeah. the ice popping and it's like hey, and the yeah. fizz and it that's their their um alternative to subliminal messaging it's just like in your face like yeah you want one of these right it's pretty good pretty effective i think although i don't think i <clears throat> have ever purchased of my own accord perhaps for someone else I don't think I've ever purchased a uh, drink in a movie theater. It's sadly, like 25 bucks now. Sadly, I, I have done that. How much does it cost now? Like 10 bucks? What is it? Seriously. Um, for a drink. At the movie theater, it's probably like six bucks, seven bucks. It's crazy. It's stupid. What's a popcorn? 10? No, probably about the same. Seven, eight bucks. Depending on the size you get. Maybe 10. 17? I, uh... I went, I, I was alone the other night. My, my, we're down to two kids in the house now. Alone with his thoughts. And uh, the wife and kids were gone for the evening. And I went to a local burger joint down the street called Apollo Burger. You've been there? I have been to Apollo Burger. Uh, if it's the Apollo Burger, you're, um, if, if the one I'm thinking of is the one you're thinking of. Are you uh, thinking what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of the one down um, the road that's fairly new. Yeah, not good. There's some up in Salt Lake that are great. Yeah, the one in the old in, school ones. The one in Orem is good. This one, so I went because it was just right there. 
And I got a hamburger, fries, and a drink. And yes, I upsized because I'm a glutton. (laughs) And it was $16 just for me. Hamburger, fries, drink. Holy cow. And I I paid. What is this world coming to? I paid and I just thought, what? I just got robbed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's um, the food. It's almost movie theater prices. We've talked about food prices and... I think there's uh, obviously inflation involved, but I think the some of these pl- places might be taking advantage of the inflation. Hmm. <clears throat> taking but advantage. I was, yeah. I was glad to see right. uh, the have you text me this morning and say, "Hey, do we want to do the podcast today on this Labor Day holiday?" Because I was worried you might have been trapped at Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, climate change is real. It, the climate changes every year, seasonally, yeah, yeah. and gradually over time. It's going to change tomorrow back to being nice weather. And it has to do a lot with uh, this massive fireball in the sky. We've talked about it before. And we happen to be in an El Nino pattern right now. We're getting a lot of water. And this happens every many years, you know, every 10 or so years. And it has happened for a long time. And... It's not your SUV that's causing it. No, it's the the people at Burning Man. Burning effigies. Burning effigies. (laughs) So do you know what's going on there? Did you hear? Uh, Zero Hedge had an article on it, so therefore I did see some news that the whole place had turned into a massive pile of mud because it rained. Yeah, and, and rained and rained, and they've locked it down. Nobody in, nobody out. Well, that's because they their vehicles are just going to get stuck. Yeah, because it's it's like a lake bed, right? That's what happens when you turn all that silt back or that dust back into silt and water or I, mud. I, I saw that's what they call that silty mud. I saw. A, uh, you tried to walk at the bot like you've been up to Tibble Fork. You ever walked in that? No. You can lose your shoes. Yeah, you I, I have sinked into some mud like that or sunk. That's what a lake bed is like. I was fishing recently, and I walked out onto what I thought was a little rock bar, <laughs> and I just started sinking through the rocks into the mud, and the water, you know, I'd been running underneath that, yeah. probably, and, and I, I, like, spread out on my, I got down, it was almost to my waist, and mm. I was, like, bent at the waist, Laying on the ground, trying to be as big as possible. Thinking, <laughs> Not to sink I'm thinking, this, this isn't how I go. This isn't. And I scram- the demise of Bobby Flood. I scrambled out of it, and I was just covered in mud. And my boys were upstream a little bit, two of my sons. And, and they kind of saw out of their corner of their eye. They look over, and they see me flailing around. And they, what did they do? They just start laughing. <laughs> they didn't, it never occurred to them to come help their old man. <laughs> But yeah. I called out of there, I walk over to them, and they're just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but well, I, uh, yeah, Apparently, these, these hippie tech bros or whoever they are, it never occurred to the guys there that dirt like that, like a, like a lake bed like that, is basically just dehydrated mud. Right. Dehydrated quicksand, kind of. Right. Yeah, they're in a, a bit of a pickle, and I don't know... It's one of those situations that could get really bad if people start losing their minds. I saw, I saw a tweet, an X, whatever they call them now. An X tweet? An X, because it's called X, and so you can't tweet on an app called X. I don't know. Anyway. How are we ever going to survive this? There was a, 
I guess there at Burning Man, they built this big effigy of something or other, and there was a, it was like a basically a symbolic sacrifice to the gods on behalf of Ukraine. For well, the, don't they do and, that every uh, year? They burn a big effigy. They burn stuff. Burn but this, this was not, I don't think, the main thing. I think they burn lots of stuff. But and then shortly after the sacrifice to the god of the Ukrainian war, the heavens opened and <laughs> oh, <really>? trapped them <laughs> all there. And I wondered if there was a little bit of one plus one <laughs> equals two there. Well, the, the Zero Hedge headline was <laughs> Mudpocalypse. But it's, I think it's interesting that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like, like these hippie tech bros, you, I mean, you, 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 you listeners probably all have an idea of what a Burning Man participant looks like and who they are. And, and yet they're out there being pro-war and, and burning effigies and sacrifices to, you know, in the name of, of war and, and, and pro-war. And I, I just think that's what happened to the hippie left. Weren't they supposed to be the right, anti-war, anti-war people? Left, yeah. Well, they became the warmongers of any, today. They became the neocons. Is there any significant anti-war faction in the United States anymore? Whatever happened to remember? yeah, the majority of people they just have <laughs> lost their voice because you but, got this corporate uh, but, monopoly on ma- what we would call traditional legacy media. They've got right. the monopoly, and so they what they say has more weight. Because somehow people believe it more. You remember, uh, for the, example, Rolling Stone. Yeah. Who believes the who? Who in their right mind would believe the uh, more communist than KSL communist rag known as Rolling Stone? I'll tell you who would believe it. Dimitri. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We'll talk about his comment later. Do but. you remember? Uh, well, like basically from 2004 to 2008, there was anti-war protests on the news every night. And then in 2008, what changed? The president changed to a Democrat. Barack Obama, who had risen to fame on anti-war rhetoric and speeches. Yeah. Instantly, instantly the, the anti-war protests went away, which tells me that those protests were in the beginning, were from the start were astroturf. They were just paid actors. And then they were told to stop. And there's never been a real significant anti-war protest ever since. So I think the Bible actually addresses this. The Lord himself calls out everybody pretty much for being hypocrites, which mm-hmm. hypocrites in Greek, that's... At the time of Christ, that was commonly understood to mean actor, a pretender, mm-hmm. right? Some people have argued that it means interpreter, which I think is an erroneous conclusion. It doesn't really make sense. Well, they, they would say that the, he would say scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, or interpreters. Hmm. And, Maybe in that context. And, and then say they were interpreting the law. This is people who want you to take the the law at face value rather than like like literally interpret it literally, which is what the Pharisees were doing. Right. And 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 uh, they would say you can't interpret the law; you have to take it at face value or take it literally. Which I ran into a guy, pretty smart guy, that was arguing that, and I I just can't see my way clear to. Uh, thinking that because you have to 
basically believed that the Pharisees who were already doing that, he's naming them twice. He's calling them interpreters. He basically that the Lord is saying, You're you guys who are taking it literally and people who interpret it differently than taking it literally are also wrong. It's you see what I'm saying? Yes. Kind of. Let me, let me take one more pass at that. Basically, the Pharisees were the group of people that, were, that had a very strict interpretation, a literal interpretation of the law. Right. And, and uh, if you're going to argue that the Lord was calling them interpreters because they had interpreted the law differently than at face value, then you can't, then it's hard to say that he really, it's hard to understand why he would be antagonistic toward the Pharisees who were doing that very thing. They right, were they right. were saying, we're not interpreting it. We are following it exactly, right? Right. So anyway, hypocrites, actors, uh, that, that's pretenders. They The point was that they nobody can follow it literally. We're all, pre, we're all pretenders, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to admit that there are flaws in all of our structures and we have to allow for forgiveness of other people. So what, uh, what was, um, the comment you wanted to talk about? Dimitri's comment? Well, to wrap up the whole point, I just, there's just massive amounts of hypocrisy or acting pretending, right? Because right. we really, we really aren't anti-war, but the, the point about the anti-war protests in 2004 through 2008 is that they, the whole purpose of those was just to gain control of the government. Right. It's a lie. Right. And that's, as I participated in politics, most of it's been a lie. Well, I think the summer of 2020 with the BLM riots, were, those were largely That's a pretty good example of a, a lie of just because cognitive dissonance. They just went away. Like, did the cause that they were fighting for or protesting about, did it, did it change? Did it improve? Not really, I don't think. I, they just stopped protesting. Now, I use protesting liberally. They were fiery but peaceful protests. To quote CNN. Destructively fiery, but peaceful. And I think, again, uh, the whole point was to gain control of the government, which they needed. And I think we're going to see that again here soon because they need to keep control of the government. Which they have even no matter who's the president, but that's uh, a different, different topic, maybe. So are you saying Dimitri's a pretender, a hypocrite? Well, he's a Googler. He has the advantage <laughs> of Googling after. We, we have the disadvantage of getting trying to get all of our facts right while we're just you, impromptu doing the podcast. You Googler. Yeah, I mean, we, always, we also have the advantage of editing the crap out of this if we wanted to, which we don't. We don't. He, so here, look, he makes a good point that the, the phrase God only knows is... Uh, we, I had overemphasized the idea that Brian Wilson came up with that. Okay. But I think the, 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 the documentary that I wa- watched, I've watched several documentaries on the, um, the Beach Boys. They've got an interesting tortured story, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made special emphasis on the fact that those lyrics were changed at the last minute to something that was far less well-known and something more that sounds more philosophical. God, God, only God knows to... God only knows. And 
um, maybe not quite at the last minute, but at some point in the process and went from mm-hmm. A to B. And I would contend that if you if you do a etymological search, it's hard to find a lot of God only knows. It's mostly only, only God, God knows, knows or God right. knows. It's, it's maybe not the word only. It's it's a it's a uh, less common phrase. And maybe we should title this uh, episode "Errors and Omissions" and just go through all the errors we've ever made on the podcast, right? <laughs> But <laughs> it would be like a three-minute episode. A three-minute episode. It would be so short. <laughs> but no, he, 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 I appreciate Dimitri commenting because uh, we've invited, definitely invited that. Um, and love to get comments. I'm going to comment. I'm going to have to rebut on, the, on last week's podcast episode so people know that there's some difference of opinion. Anyway, uh, there was a song in 1954, apparently, also titled God Only Knows. So so it wasn't uh, invented by Brian Wilson. We'll just bring that um, bring that out right here. But he's not getting... This is Dimitri. This is Dimitri. Comrade. <laughs> You're not getting this. Brandon Flowers is not going to tell... This is, this is typical of these artists. They do not tell the actual meaning behind the songs. He says that Brandon Flowers lifted uh, Are We Human or Are We Dancer from a quote by Hunter S. Thompson. America is raising a generation of dancers afraid to take one step out of line. This is based on a Rolling Stone article from 2008. Again, Rolling Stone's uh, ability to get the truth correct is suspect dubious right okay sure yeah yeah and and the the article that i read off of rolling stone is it just doesn't even it only gets half of the um it only gets half of the quote in there also so people are speculating online as to whether uh, this and another thing is they can't really find if this is even a genuine hunter s thompson quote you know the sourcing on it is is somewhat difficult however I like the sentiment behind the quote, especially That's once good, you see where we are now. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. However, I wanted to point out that um, Flowers titles the song Human. Mm-hmm. So there, that's a big hint that maybe Dimitri is correct that, because I had asserted last week that, the, that this is a question about transcending humanity, the... Um, alternative being to be above humanity right, right? the bet the, the that's what uh flowers was postulating on or qu- uh, questioning about it's like who, who are we really and in this case it sounds like he's he's trying to say are we are we human or are we robots mm-hmm. is how how this is phrased and I want to point out that in spite of anything he might have said or was reported that he said, that again, the sourcing on that is just a few internet, a few, a few quips on the internet and one Rolling Stone article, um, which is better than nothing. And the title. In spite of that, listen to the lyrics and then ask yourself, why did he say, human first instead of human last if he wants to focus on the the humanity side of it the when you know when if you were talking to your kid and, and saying look 
Are you are you going to be a deadbeat all your life, or are you going to grow up and be somebody important, or or make something of yourself? Which which do you put at the end? You put the positive direction, the one the one that you want to affirm at the end. And so when you ask the question, "Are we human or are we dancer?" Right? What what's the what's the phrase? To err is human, right? Yeah, yeah. To err is human. To forgive is dancer oh it's divine right 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 right. so you put the emphasis at the end so dimitri (laughs) come on this isn't the third grade (laughs) look somebody you're gonna have to do better than that with it's just he's not even here to defend himself somebody like shooting carp in a bucket somebody out there has to know brandon flowers somebody out there has to know and and can get in touch with him and get him on the show for us but again so he uh, dimitri i guess i'm just taking issue because he says you disagree with Brandon Flowers here, and isn't it great that your interpretation is fine or whatever? Interpreters, we're being interpreters, yeah, hypocrites. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, my point, and I think we said this last time, is that we will never know what Brandon Flowers really thought unless we get him on the show and ask him. Well, that's what I'm saying is people have gotten him on a show. That's like when they got Robert Plant or was it Jimmy Page, Robert Plant? I don't know who it was. They got him on the show and they said, why? What about these stairway lyrics? Mm-hmm. And they said something like, well, we wrote them. Uh, it's all about driving to the the ranch or the, the farm estate of Robert Plant. You know, it's like we just wrote them on a, a nice country drive. Mm-hmm. There's some of the most obviously esoteric cosmic <clears throat> type of lyrics that have made it into uh, popular music and they just brush that off and so you think that i'm just we're, we pointed this out last week these artists i i think there's a good chance again my opinion that you're rarely going to find an artist who's going to disclose what they actually meant when they're producing um, maybe right metaphorical allegorical content like this for the masses right for the hoi polloi the unwashed masses the unless uh, you're the director of proletariat then you're out there spouting off all kinds of what did she say i don't know it was the one of the actors said the movie was poison laced with candy yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i guess yeah you're right we talked about that in the barbie episode yeah so maybe we're maybe maybe dimitri maybe i'm wrong i'd prefer if you find some real evidence this time (laughs) <laughs> not Rolling Stone. Well, what are we going to talk about today? It is Labor Day. It's raining. It is a beautiful day outside today. The rain, the September uh, yeah, today fall is, being in the air. Today is September 4th, 2023. Kind of a little bit of a sharpness, kind of kind of a little fall is here type of a feeling today this just in the lead singer of smash mouth steve harwell is dead at 56 i was never a big smash mouth guy but they had some big hits what were some big hits of smash mouth um well i think the big one was the the shrek song right hey now you're a rock star you're an all-star i think you're a pop star what are you i think that was hard wasn't that them? Yeah. Told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Yeah, you've all heard that song. 
Yeah, Shrek. Uh, also, popular before Shrek, right? I think this they did a, a cover. This is Smash Mouth covering the monkeys. Yeah, this is a good one. Isn't this a cover of a monkeys song? Yeah. So, in Dimitri's defense, he does know a lot about popular music, and he has threatened to do a podcast on the subject at some point. Well, well let's we're have him on. Wa- we're still waiting for that. Po- Why? I think he wanted to do his own, like... Uh, well, yeah. We're, we're, I think he wanted to do, like, a, like start his own podcast, like, well, regularly. Yeah. But yeah. you could you don't on, like the way we do it, make your own Twitter. Yeah. But you could come on our <laughs> podcast. I think we could talk popular music for um, what, 45 minutes at least? At least. Maybe maybe double that. <laughs> Stretch goal. He does he live nearby? Yeah, he he's he has the the he's in proximity. Did I meet him? He speaks English? No. He was in like Washington DC or something okay. when we were getting everybody together. Speaks English reasonably well, second language. <laughs> um, he's got a reasonably flexible enough job, I think, that he could, you know, break away from breaking rocks all day and come and uh, <laughs> participate in the podcast. I, I, there's really nothing stopping him, I think, except his own inhibitions. Well, maybe, maybe. <clears throat> anyway, Rip, uh, Smash Mouth lead singer. Well, uh, was it due to a COVID vaccine or anything interesting um, like that? No, I think he'd struggled with like uh, drug and alcohol abuse. So the rock star life. Right. So it was rock and roll that got him in the end. This seems to, seems like, how, how old was he? 56, which see, is It seems not like old. people, not everybody, but a lot of times you see that, uh, you know, a personality like that will go earlier than the average Possibly due to. <coughs> isn't there God some bless kind you. of zoom tight? Isn't there some kind of conspiracy theory about the age twenty-seven? Was it Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix? I don't remember. Kurt 20, Cobain. Twenty-seven. They all died at twenty-seven. I don't know. Well, just like they say in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's not the years, honey; it's the mileage. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. Well, anyway, uh, it is uh, the day of labor, whatever that means. Yeah, so let's see here. Musicians who died at age 27, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison, Amy Winehouse, Brian Jones, Robert Johnson, Kristen Paff, Ron Pigpen McKernan, Alan Wilson, Dave Alexander, Richie Edwards, Gary Thane. And they have even on Wikipedia, there is something called the 27 Club. Hmm. The 27 Club is an informal list consisting mostly of popular musicians, artists, actors, and other celebrities who died at age 27. Although the claim of a statistical spike for the death of musicians at that age has been refuted by scientific research, which probably means it exists, (laughs) <laughs> it remains a cultural phenomenon 
with many celebrities who die at 27 noted for their high-risk lifestyles. It's not the years, it's the mileage. Yeah, so uh, I remember when I turned 28, I was glad that I... You made it? I made it to 28. But I was well, not a high-profile musician, you did, singer, though, have songwriter, a, artist, You celebrity. did put a lot of hard miles on that body, though, between uh, 16 and 27. I, I don't think I really did. You sure? <laughs> I mean, I had some kids, but I didn't... I mean, I fathered some kids. Have we told the story of you walking out of the MTC no, on the podcast? No, no, I never did that. Bobby Flood never did that. <laughs> Do we need to strike that from the record? <laughs> No, because no, it was just a mistake. You're re- confusing, re- confusing you with somebody you with someone else. else. Okay. <laughs> huh. <clears throat> anyway, what uh, what are we going to yeah? What are we going to talk about today? Yeah, I really don't know. Well, um, what's been on your mind lately besides the uh, Yamahas? Um, yeah, motorcycles, side by sides, hunting, lots of elk hunting and deer hunting, and. Wondering why I can't get closer to the elk and the deer, but I know I why. I think you, you're you've been flagged. <laughs> Those deer, there they know. Yeah, they have a little app. Yeah, they're like Bobby's on the hill. Move to the other side of the hill. No, we were sitting uh, up on this ridge on uh, Saturday morning, and we we had a great vantage point of this other ridge line, kind of this big series of ridges, really, and. We saw some moose, and we saw elk and deer, and we saw some hunters creeping around. We kind of had a bird's eye view for the show, and it was fun, uh, but we just didn't have anything close to us. But it's always fun just sitting out there and uh, trying to be quiet and get close to animals. That, that's, that's the fun of hunting is the hunting part. <coughs> oh, jeez. But anyway, that's that's... Yeah, that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> How was your? Uh, you you were away for we the weekend. Family and, reunion and going you, on. And you fled. You fled in in fear of becoming trapped, like the Burning Man people. Well, yeah, we were up in Idaho, and uh, it was a nice little campground. But it was basically just going to be raining the whole time, so we decided to come home before it really started raining. Right. Mostly because the rest of the family had decided to leave. <laughs> so, well, the, I've noticed, like the uh, the weather apps and stuff have been really. Um, uh, are they ap- apocalyptic in nature? Yeah, like, they're like everything oh, is uh, over. It's extreme weather warning, extreme, yeah. flood warnings, and and it's really I mean, not that bad. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's just been rain. I know that in like southern Utah, they got some flooding. There was a lot yeah. of rain down there. And I, I know there's been some big storms recently in places, in, including here. But in fact, there was a mudslide that took out Highway 6 out there in Price Canyon. Yeah, so I saw that it was closed. Come, come over the, yeah, I saw a picture. It looked, looked, looked uh, pretty significant. So we're, <laughs> we're into this phase of climate alarmism where... Um, we can't believe the even the weather service anymore because they're they're going to make it. Yeah, like stay in your homes. It's going to rain. Yeah, everything's you, you don't extreme. want to get hit with any rain. Yeah, there's all these warnings, and I and I understand like like that's normal. Except for the like we've always had those things, but now it seems like every storm. Every storm is a major is a, warning. You know, t- 
take shelter, floods, lightning. And then it doesn't happen. Dark clouds. So nobody will believe the media when they realize that's what's going on. Or the government. I I think we're past that point, right? That nobody believes the government and the media? Didn't we just cross that threshold, that Rubicon in 2020? A lot of people did. There's still a lot of people who haven't. But I got a headline here from InfoWars. Elon Musk's ex deletes video of RFK Jr. exposing deadly Pfizer jabs. So even the... We've talked about um, Elon Musk buying Twitter being a Trojan horse kind of a thing. Yeah, the censorship's coming back Yeah, to Twitter, to X. Yeah. All they had to do was open it up for a minute for people to buy into it for years right oh right. no they're good they no, they let you, donald you, trump you, tweet yeah elon musk is pro free speech and he he might be but he's hired a big red flag was his ceo hire was a yeah. wef uh, you know lackey and she's not gonna she's not gonna let I think her phrase was, we're going to get rid of legal but harmful speech, something like that. (laughs) So you're going to censor. Okay. Okay. So censorship. Yeah. So that's still going on. I just bring that up in the, you know, in the context of our, can we believe anything we see on the internet? Truth is vanishing. War is coming. That could be like a t-shirt. Could be the premise for like a an action movie. Yeah. Maybe one with I don't know, Tom Cruise. There could be right. some stunts and stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's Labor Day. Hol- it's a holiday. I don't think school should ever start before Labor Day. Yeah, I think that's a good point. What happened to summer? It's it gets shorter, like a School starts in mid-August now. That seems and when does it get out? Like May 28th or June yeah, 1st or something? usually right around the end of May. When we were kids, did we get a full three months? It feels like we started in late August or even September. It was but like I, we I almost got three I months. I don't know. I'd have to go back to the historical records. but It's like school should get out right before Memorial Day, and it shouldn't start till after Labor Day. That'd be ideal. Hey, teacher. Well, what's interesting, at least here in, here in the state of Utah, there was like a minimum number of school days that kids are supposed to be attending. It was like 180 days or something. Or, and the COVID fiasco sort of blew that up because they just, like, oh, well, you'll just be on Zoom and do it at your own pace in some cases. Or mm-hmm. it just, it's sort of, and, and nationwide, you know, there's, Kids took a huge hit in their skills, like their their math and language skills, English. All the testing just has plummeted because kids miss so much school. So maybe there's <clears throat> maybe there's validity to having like a minimum number of days, except that we all know that a lot of those days are jokes. You know, they're just watching movies or something. Well, the reason for the number of days is so they can ask for funding. Right. You know, this is why we need a war is so we can get the money for the war. Right. I read an article, uh, again, on Zero Hedge today about (laughs) um, how the Air Force is phasing out the A-10 
Warthog. It's actually called the A-10 Thunderbolt, but uh, they affectionately call it the Warthog. You know what I'm talking about? This airplane that they mm-hmm. use for close air support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to replace it with the F-35, which is the most expensive debacle in perhaps military history. And uh, so for, this is epoch times. Except for Vietnam. Epoch times. No, I think the <laughs> F-35 actually costs more than Vietnam. <laughs> well, a lot of people died in Vietnam, if you want to factor that into the cost. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I don't think they, ca- I don't think they calculate that. Okay. They're, they're, it's just treasure, not blood and treasure. Yeah, nobody cares about human life. They're just dancer. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, the point is that this is the most cost-effective aircraft program the military has right now, the, the A-10 Warthog, and it's also very effective. It's one of the best, most useful tools for our uh, combat servicemen, and they're going to phase it out in favor of a, a highly expensive um, well, if you're trying flying... To- Quote, flying tinderbox. That's what they call the F-35. If you're trying to destroy the nation from within, this is the kind of stuff you'd do. Well, yeah, but isn't it also looting it on the way out? Like, yeah. Oh, th- yeah, this yeah. Because this is a slow grind, and I'm, I'm, it seems like war is baked into the cake. It seems like war is coming, but it's sure taking a long time to get here. It's a fiery but peaceful takeover. Yeah, and then... In the meantime, you get the most expensive airplane in the history of humanity, you know, that by pretty much everybody's account, everybody, I know I'm making a huge blanket stereotype statement there, but it's hard to find people that are really serious, that are actually, meaning serious people, not that they're not serious, but serious surely, people that are surely you're not serious that are in favor of the of this F35 program it's just been i am serious it's basically just a money pit don't call me surely <laughs> airplane yeah speaking of airplane speaking of airplane yeah i mean but that's the kind of thing you do right you would loot the country you you would uh, make sure the soldiers are all he hims and they thems and get rid of all of the physical standards the education standards, turn a warrior class into a bunch of activists and softies and, you know, gender studies class type people. Well, And then you'd get rid of the good equipment. Yeah, and unfortunately for them, they're going to be the uh, first line of casualties. Yeah, they're not going to know what to do. They're going to just stand out there in the front lines and, and panic. Probably shoot themselves, save the enemy some money. Yeah. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, <clears throat> anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to make it come across like I'm claiming that there's a benefit to minimum number of school days, but test scores and stuff are down. But having, I think that the point is that there's a lot of different ways to educate kids and we don't really explore those. We just, you know, mass produce them in, in big classrooms with more and more uh, incompetent activist teachers. Yeah. That's the big deal. I would, I'm going to go all the way the other direction and say that I think there's a benefit to zero school, public school days. 
<laughs> that uh, right. <clears throat> public education is uh, one of the <clears throat> most important planks of the Communist Manifesto. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, obviously, if you look at the history of the American public ed education establishment, go back to John Dewey and the socialists who took it over, they, ba they wrote into their documents, you know, we're going to use the public education system to co-opt America, to change mm -hmm. America, to steal the minds of the people, essentially, mm -hmm. do it while they're young. And and um, this was a definite strategic move on the part of the controllers 100 years ago. Episode 8, go back to it. We did the history of the secret combination all the way back to the robber barons and postulated as to where it came from before that. People wealthier than anybody ever, any of the kings of the history of the world, they, uh, you know, well over a hundred years ago, they strategized on how to take over the world and they've been doing it. They've been controlling it ever since, you know, you, because we've had what appears to be freedom in America, we think that they haven't had control. Mm -hmm. No, they have. This, this is the matrix world. If you think that, uh, that there is not a group of people who exerts that kind of control, you know, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is, and it's it's not just um, well the world wealthy needs individuals, the but it's spiritual wickedness in high places. The right? World the world needs NPCs, and congratulations, you're one of them. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Give me a quest and send me on my way. <laughs> send me on my way. <laughs> I'm a real person. Yeah, I mean, public education is has and 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 it was real obvious during the COVID shutdowns when you had teachers union bosses and things saying things like. You know, we we're not going back to work. Oh, they always need more every, money. Yeah, they never like, have we enough need money. money. I mean, there was a famous, and the money never makes it to the teachers. There was a it famous only makes it into the book the the hands of like oh, yeah, uh, the, the union Gavin Newsom's wife, the, right, governor of California's right. wife, who's writing the curriculum, and she's getting paid by diverting all the contracts <clears throat> for whatever book she's written. There was the Chicago Teachers Union big wig that <clears throat> was was complaining on Twitter about how hard it is being locked down and not being with her students. And then it was revealed she was tweeting from the beach in like the Bahamas or something. Like, like yeah, there's a lot of hypocrisy and uh, corruption in that, in the, the that whole world. <clears throat> I do think there's, and, and this could happen privately, of course, <clears throat> but there, I think there's great benefit in kids being together, learning together, playing sports together. Unfortunately, part of the takeover is tying sports to schools. And it's like if you want to go to if you want to go play college football, well, the, you got to play you got to go to a college. Yeah, there's not an amateur football league that could prepare people for the NFL. No clubs outside no. of colleges, yeah. and so you're sort of and then and, and there's no preparation for college football except for high school football or any other sport. Pretty much, you know, and it's it's hard to, it's hard to now. Now there are at the high, at the high school levels. There's all kind of clubs and and uh, not so much for football actually, but in yeah, other but if sports, you're going to break in to break in from the outside without playing on your school team is not unheard of, but very in the, in rare. The, in the major sports, it's hard to do. Yeah, that's kind of changing in basketball. Baseball, they get a lot of recruits and people from. Uh, Dominican Republic and uh, Cuba and Venezuela and, and that's a little different but 
It's big money. It's always about the money. Who, yeah. can, who controls if the If you money? want to know where the corruption is in your society, go find where the big buildings are and the big installations. <laughs> okay, like the right. hospitals, the schools, universities, banks. Yeah. Amazon. Save the <laughs> Amazon banks. warehouse. Save the banks. Save the world. Um, Greta yeah. Thornburg. Thunberg. What's her name? Thunderbird. Yeah. Thunderbird. Gre- Greta Lightning and Thunderbird. Hmm. No, that's not what I meant. I meant if you save the banks, you save the world. <laughs> Does she have an English accent? No. No, she has some sort of... I think she's Scandinavian. But, that's but the, she kind of talks... English the, is the accent you use in the movies if you need a foreigner. If you need to be sound smart. You, or foreign. You, yeah. Like yeah. Russian or German. Russian is the accent you use in the movies if you want to be evil. Well, do you remember like post-World War II, there are a lot of movies where you'd make the Germans with an English accent because it was different. Are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Virginia, we are the baddies. Um, a lot of Americans do really bad English accents, but apparently Englishmen, English actors can do American accents really well, like Tom Holland. You'd never know he was English when he played Spider-Man. Yeah. And I don't, I've heard it said that it's only, only you need to do to, to do it in an American accent is to talk really slow and sound stupid. Really? Is that what they say? <laughs> and I can understand if they were trying to do like a Bobby Flood accent or, or you know, a, a typical Intermountain West accent. Yeah, just slow down and sound a little stupid. Well, unfortunately, because they have um, for so long been putting these TV personalities out, the, you know, newscasters, whatever, that have an English accent. You know, when they want something that sound like it's authoritative, they use an English accent because mm-hmm. it's become so obvious that the corporate propaganda machine is a corporate propaganda machine. Right. Now, unfortunately, the English accent has been associated with lies and hypocrisy. Yeah. yeah so well, any Any go. government... Corporate. We may be stupid, but you are bald-faced liars. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd rather be stupid than whatever it is they are. I'm not a smart man, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what propaganda is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah, it's... um. Another little hodgepodge episode, which is fine with us. Yeah. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves and also all of you that... That this is a free podcast. It's free. And you get what you get and you don't know... <laughs> and we also just... We do it for our own and our own enjoyment. Uh, we don't... Uh, we're not smart enough to, to like market this into a big-time successful thing. I think thing. we're just not motivated enough. Yeah, I think... Maybe. Maybe that's true. I was going to... We're motivated enough to record every week. We've not missed a week. There's been something produced all, we have for almost two straight years. We this have is, a streak going. This is episode 142, 143? Yeah, when we get to, what, 156 episodes, it will be three years? 52 weeks a year? Yeah, maybe, it's always hard to do math on you know. Maybe right we need to plan podcast. something for the three-year celebration like maybe we have i have a prediction to make (laughs) we won't (laughs) it's gonna sneak up on us 
and we'll be at that episode and we'll be like, hey, this is the third anniversary podcast. Maybe maybe that's when we have the big panel broadcast when we rent out Joe Rogan Studios in Austin. So did Dimitri's you see, uh, gonna have to fly to Austin? Did you see that Joe Rogan had Oliver Anthony on his show? No, I didn't see that. Uh, I listened to a lot of it. It's interesting. Um, this Anthony Oliver Anthony, which is a stage name, was a pretty articulate guy, and I thought if Joe Rogan called me up and said, hey, come be on my show, I think I'd come across as a bumbling moron. Mm-hmm. But this guy, this kid, this musician, comes across really well, and it kind of makes you wonder if he's just a, a manufactured entity. Like, he's come out of nowhere, and he's supposed to be this simple, blue-collar, poverty-stricken West Virginia mountain man, and maybe he is, but... Well, have you ever heard the the story, The Boy Who Cried Wolf? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of course you have. That's the problem with telling lies in our, you know, and, and fostering a culture of lies is that nobody believes anything right. after a while. And yeah, how, yeah. how do you operate when no one, there's, there's no trust in society? Right. But the kid, uh, I keep calling him a kid. He's probably our age, but do he, you, do I what? Do I agree with that? No, do you, do you really think that he's a manufacturer? Yeah. What what was your gut what's your gut telling you? What are your spidey I think he's probably you? just what he is, but he's just it's just I don't think the thrusting into the spotlight was co- was totally organic. Like he he recorded the original song um Richmond North of Richmond for a local radio show. They mm-hmm. filmed him and they put it on their YouTube channel. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And it just blew up on sort of right-wing Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's where I wonder if some of the astroturf occurred. Like somebody somewhere, may, probably unbeknownst to the artist, maybe, somebody somewhere may have said, we've got to amplify this. So and everybody pumped it. And then yeah. instantly, like literally overnight, there was millions and millions of views. And, and he's followed that up with a couple other songs and they're, they're getting some pretty good response. And then suddenly you're on Joe Rogan. It's not easy to be on Joe Rogan. Everybody wants to be on Joe Rogan. Every oh, yeah. B-list, C-list motivator, every, every one of these like podcasters and YouTubers that think they're trying to be big time, they want to be on Joe Rogan because that's a, that's a huge amplification. And now oh, this yeah. guy out of nowhere, within like a month of this song coming out, is on Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's picky about his guests. But the the kid performed well on the show. He read the Bible to Joe Rogan. Like he he came across really well. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously educated and articulate. Um, and it's just did they like, do any editing, or is it just a straight? No, you just you no. Know, I don't think he, that they edit because you can listen to it live on Spotify when it, oh, okay. when it happens. And I was just listening to the recording, obviously, but. But they're not like the Mind Virus show where they don't prepare at all. They probably prepare well, a little bit. Well, I don't know, honestly. I think I think Joe Rogan has people that prepare. Yeah. But Joe, I, Joe Rogan does prepare because he he comes in with a guest and with. He's got good questions. He's got great questions, and he he uses those questions to go down interesting roads. And but I don't know. It was just it got me thinking. Like this kid came out of nowhere, and now he's a phenomenon. And what why is it is it because his music is resonating right with who people? who why and why now 
Because the music's good, but it's also sort of like, it's not sing-along music. It's kind of this jolting style. And, and, and he's got a great voice and all that. I'm not criticizing him at all. But it's not, really, it's not really the kind of music you turn on to listen to while you're on a road trip. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just sort of, it's sort of halting. And, and that's just that style, which is fine. But I don't know. So the music resonating with people, or was it the message that's resonating with people, or was it just that we were told that this guy needs to resonate and, and be popular yeah. with us? Turning on <clears throat> and turning off public sentiment like a faucet. That was uh, right. Orwell. So we've postulated before that the pendulum swings and the swing back to a more religious, uh, conservative America might be a violent swing. Like it might might be to further the warmongering goals of well, the deep state. It'd be a great way to <laughs> swing that back and to put a lot of people to back to sleep who think we did it, we won, we beat the wokesters, we beat the deep state, we have a Christian nation again, we did it. Oh, and we happen to be in a war with Russia and China. And then we, and then the world blows up, you know, yeah. Well, I, it might be during the process of that <clears throat> mm-hmm. happening, that this swing back. Or we're just occurs. told, you know, you have some religious leaders stand up and say, we urge you to get the, va- I mean, support the war in Russia. And good global citizens and good Christians support the nuking of Moscow. And, and everyone just says, yeah, yeah, I support the nuking of Moscow. I'm a good global citizen and I follow my religious leader. I am a good NPC. I do not think for myself. It's so not funny. Two weeks ago, I was against all of this. Now I am for it. Because somebody in a suit with... Initials. A British accent. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You are so now. A, so somebody in a suit with with a middle initial told me to support. Like, like that's how bad. Like, I I literally witnessed that very thing with the vaccine. People, yeah, we saw that in Mormonville. People said, sure. "I'm not getting that shot. Are you kidding me? We urge you to get the shot. I'm getting the shot. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like that's that's like <laughs> what? Right. Like, what is the brain in your head for? Hmm. So I could see the I could see that pendulum swinging and then um, using the complacency or the sense of victory. You know, God won, God won. We we saved the Constitution of the United States, only to have some of the worst tyranny and and war in human history be ushered in in the name of Christianity, in the name of the Constitution, so forth. That could happen. I mean, that, that's one way that you would... Yeah. I, I think rather than try to imprison or shoot all of the right-wing Christian nationalists, you know, whatever that means. I mean, they've been working hard, really hard at that narrative, but it's, you know, when in Rome, you right. know... So instead of trying if to... If you can't beat them, <clears throat> join them. Yeah, instead of trying to kill us all or whatever, just make us think we won, put the people in there we think that we won in there, and then you get, you get your same agenda done. With us all cheering it on now. You know, they, they say we got to be united, right? We've got to have a u- u- union. We've got to, di- you know, Spencer Cox, we've got to disagree better. And we got to be inclusive and tolerant. And we have to cry a lot in press conferences. And well, that's one way they could 
quote unquote unify the country is just make everyone think that they won or that they're getting what they want and then the they burn the country down and burn the world down right before our eyes. All right. Well it is burning down. Right. Um you you referenced uh <laughs> Spencer Cox, who we haven't talked about much, but you I'll have to link to this podcast or radio broadcast. What do we call it? This uh, was We a, Are the People. That was a podcast with uh, We Are the People Utah. We've we've linked to them in the past. I can never remember the guy's name. I apologize. But, he's the he's the guy that Spencer confronted Spencer Cox at the convention and asked him about smart cities. And Cox was like, "There's no such thing as smart cities." And you're, we're you're like, just trying to promote your brand or yeah, whatever. This is good for your brand. And we're like, what do you mean there's no such it's like on your it's, all, website. it's all over your website. <laughs> like and and he's yeah. Um anyway, they invited uh James Lindsay onto their show. A doctor. James Lindsay, you might He's a foot doctor, right? Call E N T maybe. No, he's a PhD. <laughs> oh, he's a PhD, okay. He was a professor, and he was one of the group of professors that a few years ago produced and submitted these absurd, comical papers for publication, and uh, they for like peer-reviewed publication, peer-reviewed in stuff, and right. it, and they and they got like seven a bunch out of, of twenty them. were peer-reviewed yeah. and published, and they won an award for <laughs> one on on rape culture. Where they were comparing men to dogs rape, in a park, rape culture among dogs, and it was it was just this absurd and, stuff. Right? They had they had um, asserted <laughs> that we needed to treat the, uh, our current culture the same way we treat dogs, which means put shock collars and leashes right. on all the men right. so that they wouldn't rape the women. And the journal, you know, they they give him an award. They not only published it, but they got an award, and and it kind of thrust him into the spotlight. And yeah, I guess the Wall Street Journal caught on, and yeah. Pointed the, out that the they were The funny thing facetious. is, they they got a lot of criticism. These and it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, why whoa. do you? We we made a mockery of your processes. Why yeah. do we have to take the flag yeah, for maybe, your failings? Maybe your process is a joke. It's sort of like you know punishing, um, uh, WikiLeaks founder. What's his name? Um, Julian Assange. Julian Assange. It's sort of like crit- criticizing and imprisoning him for, for telling, exposing yeah. all of the corruption in our governments. Oh, that's what that's the world we live in. Right, it is. And and anyway, he James Lindsay came to Utah and he was on We Are the People Utah podcast and had some interesting things to say. Well, he basically said Utah is a fake red state, that we are not conservative, we are not um we're a bunch of hypocrites. Right. And he's not wrong. And I found it interesting that he observed that in a relatively short period of time. He he also asserted that nice it's easy to get nice people confused people who think they have values right because you say something like well um you know we need to consider the feelings of other people and it's christ-like to treat other people the way that we wanted to be treated and therefore pretty soon it's christ-like to wear a mask and get vaccinated yeah or you because yeah you have an influential person stand up and say we need peacemakers yeah and everyone and and interprets that as being inclusive and tolerant and basically just run over by the word tyranny right the word he used was subversive right meaning they subvert or they change or pervert so pervert is to thoroughly change subvert is to change underneath right Mm -hmm. um so you change the you steadily change what the values mean so and and they lamented on the show the idea that you know 
in the 60s and 50s and 60s and 70s that the Mormon culture, especially amongst the leadership, was anti-United Nations. They even went so far as to say that the United Nations was a satanic organization. Mm-hmm. Those are the Ezra Taft Benson years. It wasn't just Ezra Taft Benson, I know, though. but like if, you, if you talk to somebody like, say, a relative of mine, that person might say, well, I remember that time, and not everybody believed... Ezra Taft Benson. The brethren were handling Ezra Taft Benson. I said, well, I won't tell which family member this was. Well, duh, he was the prophet. Well, remember <laughs> when he was in the first presidency, they banished him to Europe to well, be a also, mission president out He was in also secretary of agriculture as a member of the Quorum of Twelve. Like he was right. in the Eisenhower White House. So he had all the experience necessary to know there was a secret combination. And there were, there were brethren that... There were members of the Twelve that, that despised him and tried to silence him. Yeah. But it wasn't—you're right, it wasn't <clears throat> just him. There was the prevailing attitude in right. Utah that there was corruption afoot in the government. And again, of course, if you can't beat them, join them. So, right. so, so I'm now, shrugging. And, and, and now yeah. we have one of the—now now the LDS Church is one of the most pro-UN organizations anywhere. Yeah, and Utah— it's interesting because they the, host them, they fund them. Yeah, it's interesting because Dr. Lindsay was quoting somebody saying that Utah is the cradle of the fourth industrial revolution. Right. And you really ought to listen to this podcast just to get all the information that they threw out there. But the point is that the controlling class, the the this conspiracy, this group of Gadiant robbers talks in terms of Utah being just that which is a little unnerving if you live in Utah. Yeah, yeah, you have to ask the question why why do they care about Utah? Is it geographic? Or are we just is that, it like a geographic are we that strategy? mentally pliable? Are we that we're mentally flexible? We're definitely that mentally pliable. The, all, all it takes is the supreme leader but we're also, with the middle initial saying also you very, should do XYZ. We're also a very small group of people. I mean, in in Utah there's say so it's two, a manageable two, group. Two million members of the church, right? Something like that. You're That's, saying that the, the size makes it more influenceable? Well, no. What I'm saying is it's interesting because there's got to be more than just pliable people. It's either they like, they like the natural resources of Utah, they like the location. It's real central. It's a crossroads. Because what are they going to do with two million pliable people. I mean, that's well, not that right. many people. You're right. They're building the inland port here. Right. And there's a lot of communication uh, nexus here. And we get, a, we get a lot of beta programs on digital ID, mail-in voting, the voting machines. Yeah. And I, I don't know why it's um, sort of a laboratory, but I don't think you can deny that it isn't or that, you know, it is a laboratory well, for all of this stuff. And we've put this out before. Um, you know, we've, we've been talking about this on the podcast, how corrupt the state of Utah really is. And, and they, you know, they didn't really get into a lot of the gory details, but they did a good job laying out the general problem. Well, and if you also, another motivator for taking Utah is if you, if you subvert and infiltrate and take over the LDS church, you effectively take over the control of maybe half a trillion dollars. Or more. And lots and lots and lots of real estate. Yeah. So 
we'll see. I mean, the, the church is giving millions of dollars to the UN. They're hosting them multiple times. They've uh, endorsed Agenda 2030. Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting situation, and I think it's interesting that this outsider, this non-Uton, came here for a short period of time and observed this stuff. Another interesting observation came from John B. Christ, the comedian. He's a comedian, and he came to Utah and was like, holy crap, Salt Lake City, you're the wokest, gayest place I've ever been. There was rainbow flags everywhere. And yes, it was Pride Month, but he'd been a lot of places during Pride Month, and he's just like, holy crap, Salt Lake. Like, this Get a handle is, on it. Yeah, like, get a hold of yourself. Like, holy crap. Like, Anyways, and it was just an interesting comment, because this, this guy travels around a lot, and he's a Christian guy, and... <clears throat> It's kind of a you know watches for this sort of thing, and was just really surprised how much Salt Lake City had been bokeified, gayified. You know, I don't get up there very often. <clears throat> I don't either. We had a anymore. Well, I guess I shouldn't say, but we did have a person on the podcast who works up that way in a an official capacity. I'll have to ask him. He may be desensitized to it, though, at this point, having spent that much <laughs> right. time up there. Yeah, so anyway, we'll link to that. It was a, it was a good... And, and, and James Lindsay is just a good guy to listen to because he's, he's on the front lines of all of this stuff. He's, he's exposed a lot of the school boards that are pushing gender ideology on our kids. He's exposed a lot of... Um, uh, stuff in the government like that. He's just... And he's out there. He's put it... He, he changed his whole career. He's put himself out there. Um, to fight this good fight. So there are good people out there who have a public uh, following who are who are trying to make a difference, calling out people like Spencer right. Cox. Right, and I think we should fight it. But I mean, I, you, everybody's got to check in with God, with the higher powers, and determine what you're supposed to be doing with your life. But <laughs> I feel like, you know, getting back to the FDR quote from last week, if it happens, it was planned that way. Yeah. We, we saw that with COVID, right? We know that that was planned well in advance. Event 201. And they so, told us, they told us it was planned. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and so the big question, is, again, this is between you and God, you have to figure out how you're supposed to time, what, how, how you're supposed to spend your time, how you're supposed to operate in your life what you're supposed to do that's between you and god and i think it's really important and i i do like that again what Catherine austin fitz said that you know we need to rather than predict and survive the future we need to build the future but something is coming that is already planned and that that is uh true as relates to the secret combination and the devils that are controlling them and it is true relative to God's timing to come and burn the earth and take it back. So right. what, we're, what I think we're seeing is not only are their, their plans being implemented, meaning the bad guys, but their hubris is being put on display at the same time, and the, the Lord will speak his sermons in whatever way, you know, naturally, um, generally in the scriptures, it's, it's you know, fires and earthquakes and whatever floods floods <laughs> so floods uh over the top of people sacrificing to the god of war in the desert 
Could be. <laughs> and then there was a big rainbow over the top of Burning Man. There really was. There, really? Yeah. There's symbolism. Pre- sermons are being Sermons are being preached. Are being preached if you can see them, if you have and eyes then, to see. And then coming up, we have that second eclipse that's, that's going to cross ex- over America The one next that X's out America. Yeah. And, and if you think back, back to 2017, look at how much America has changed. America. Look at how much America has changed. If I say, Let me say this with a British accent. Watch closely how much the... <laughs> continent of the United States of America has changed over the last seven years. Wholesale changes have been made at almost every level of government, education, entertainment. It is not without calculation that I speak in this manner, because if I do so, you will regard my words with greater authority. Yet David Attenborough's made a career out of being very smart-sounding. The Impala moves slowly through the grass. <laughs> the Jaguar moves even slower. Jaguar? It was a Jaguar? Until he's ready to bounce. That was now, not... That, that, that sort of ended up... Uh, that, like a, that was like Antonio Italian. Banderas. Yeah. <laughs> like, my name is Inigo Montoya. <laughs> yeah. There was a funny clip of like some women um, kind of clustered together. And David Attenborough was narrating it like one of, or a, a, a David <laughs> like a, Attenborough like impersonator. Yeah, like, yeah. The blondes move in a group. It's you know, just <laughs> very funny. Like they were eyeing some men and like trying to be attractive to them. And yeah, it, was, funny. it was funny. <laughs> yeah, like birds. But in all seriousness, I mean, look, look at what has happened since 2017. Yeah. Like literally there, even though 9-11 was a big inflection point, even though we've seen a lot of changes, a lot of um, economic, geopolitical difficulty and adjustments to the world economy and politics and wars and rumors and wars and all that. We've seen a lot of that since the turn of the millennium, right? Yeah. Since since nine eleven, especially nine eleven was the opening ceremony. But just but 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 no, but just in the last six or seven years, look at how much our culture has changed. Yeah. Things that things that were implausible, things that were jokes, are now right. considered off limits. You, well, you know, we're, like you we're, can't the whole trans thing. The we're whole, cutting kids up. We're cutting kids up and saying that it's for their good and, and that it's healthy and that it's uh, sane. We're literally chopping parts off of kids. Like, that's in, that's, that's, and, and five years ago, everybody, everybody in the United States everybody would have, knew that would was have stupid. said, that's, that's insane. We'll never yeah. get to that point. We'll never get to that point. Right. No, we, not only, not only have we got that, but we have a situation where there is like, open criminality brazen in your face criminality at the top level of of the american political system i mean it couldn't be more obvious how corrupt the biden family is yet the the republicans don't seem to want to impeach right like shouldn't they shouldn't they have already impeached at this point, it's not even a matter of impeachment. It should be a, an arrest. The guy should be hauled off to trial and cuffs. Right. I mean, Hunter Biden is still a free man. In fact, Hunter Biden 
is living in a $16 million Malibu mansion, and the Secret Service is assigned to protect him in another $16 million mansion. Like, he, this guy should be in a, in a prison, not a Malibu mansion. Right. I, I'm forgetting what we linked to the Babylon Bee article where it said, you know, Democrats... Yeah, uh, loads in, in of spi- evidence. Loads of evidence. <laughs> in spite of this, they... Right. <laughs> it's something like Democrats claim that the loads of evidence, audio and video admissions, paper trails are still not convinced that Joe Biden is guilty. Something like that. Here's, here's the headline. Democrats say it will take a lot more than eyewitness testimony, bank records, audio, video, complete conf- and complete confessions for them to believe Biden did anything wrong. <laughs> I mean, what what's it's so what's sad. not funny? What's not funny about this is that is exactly well, that is, is. Not, satire. not satire. That is not satire. Although they, like, it does seem like they may be laying this, the groundwork to to not run Biden in twenty four. Maybe, but why? But you're right. Why isn't he not? Why has he not been hauled off to jail already? Because we don't live in a serious country anymore. No, it's not serious. It's this is it's fake, fakery. It's hypocrisy. It's pretend. It is. Unlike this show, this is a real show. We're real people, and everything we said, we meant at the time. <laughs> but we reserved our rights to ch- our right to change our minds, and be wrong. And also be right, Dimitri. <laughs> no, you get you. you make this is good. like the third week in a row we've really gone at Dimitri. Yeah, you really you make some good points, buddy. You make some good points. I think I think I I think I'm willing to say, look, you're right. God only knows is probably in enough common usage that I shouldn't have said what I said. But I still think <laughs> Brian Wilson was a genius. However, Brandon Flowers and Human is up in the air. And I don't think the stuff that's been written about it, especially in the Rolling Stone, and especially even if Flowers said something about it, can be taken at face value because these artists are always, especially guys like that, are trying to hide things, trying to teach or or convey their messages in a symbolic, allegoric fashion and and put out multiple layers of meanings. And so I, I don't think that uh, I don't think we have enough evidence to say we know exactly what Flowers was talking about there. Meditation music. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Well, God only knows what Brandon Flowers really meant. And I'll just make that my last word. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. That's the Beach Boys and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Yeah, you threw me with the orchestral introduction. 
But anyway, God only knows what we would do without you, the listeners of the Mind Virus show. We'd probably just keep talking, but God really only knows. <laughs> yeah, they did a whole album together, the Beach Boys and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Really? But uh, yeah, that, uh, that's probably it for today. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, God only knows what we'll talk about next week. Are you gone? Are, are you gone next week? I'm going to be here next week, but the week after. I'll okay, go. so I've got to start preparing for my big solo mission. Or maybe I'll just get Brandon Flowers on. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> okay. This is Carl Wilson on the vocals, by the way. I'm pretty sure. I mean, maybe he was the one that sang it for the recording. <laughs> <laughs>